but just making the customer happy and making sure everything goes smoothly and is done right and well is what I try to take pride in. Welcome to the Lush Life Podcast. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, and I bring you the how-to guide for living life one cocktail at a time. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by cocktails ever since. Together, we'll learn from bartenders, brand ambassadors, distillers, and others why certain drinks are popular in certain cultures, how to make the perfect old-fashioned, when to shake and when to stir, and so much more. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let the fun begin. Not every bartender dreams of winning competitions or calls it their life's work. For some, bartending holds the key to making their dreams become a reality. This is true for Lydia Ann Spencer-Jones, probably the bartender who knows my family and me the best. She presides over the bar at the Carversville Inn, the local hangout for all the residents of Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and where we eat almost once a week when I'm in the USA visiting my parents. I finally got her to agree to sit down with me to reveal a little about how she landed behind the bar, how she keeps the regulars happy, and what she does outside of the Carversville Inn. I guess, why don't we start with where you learned to bartend? Actually, here. Uh, I've been here over 25 years, around 25 years, and the previous bartender was the one who helped me get started. And what were you doing here before? Waitressing. Waitressing. Yes. Started out waitressing. Uh, His name was Jimmy Ski, and um, he'd been here for a number of years, so I just picked it up from him, and it just went from there. How much training did you have with him before you were on your own? Not that much at all. So what kind of drinks did you know how to make? I learned how to do his margaritas. Uh, That was the tough one at the time. Um, Most of the drinks that we do here are rather simple. Martinis, Manhattans. We don't do frozen drinks. So it's all rather simple things. Um, But as the years have gone on, drinks have gotten more complicated. There's the Cosopolitan, which is a good one, and the margaritas, as I said. Old fashions are becoming more popular again, but most of them are mixed drinks or glasses of wine, a little bit of beer. All right, and um, what brought you to Carversville in the first place? I used to work here with the previous owners. Um, I got started here. I came here with um, a boyfriend, and we had dinner, and we got talking to the owner, and asked if he was hiring, and that's how they got started here. And that was probably 30 years ago or something. Were you living in this area already? Yes, yes. I was living in, where was I, Wycombe at the time, I think it was. Have you already always been a a Pennsylvanian? Yes, Bucks County. Mm -hmm. Always Bucks County. Always Bucks County. And always wanting to stay in Bucks County. Born and raised Bucks County, yes. Uh Mm-hmm. And I know that you do a lot of things outside of bartending. Yes. And they involve horses, right? Yes, we, yes, I do. We have a farm that's about 20 miles from here, north. 
and we have two horses, 13 sheep, a couple of ducks, the usual dogs and cats, and that's my true love, is the, the farm and the horses. And what do you do with the horses? Are um, you just a farmer? No, we, I do, um, it, it's called competitive pleasure driving, which we do um, horse and carriage for pleasure showing, it's competition, and I've been doing that for 25, 26 years. I've had horses all my life, so, and I really enjoy the, the, the pleasure driving. It's a lot more work than just the hunter and jumpers, but it's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And when you were little, you always had horses in your life? Mm-hmm. So yes. it was something that you always wanted to continue yes. with? Yes. You knew that. Yes. That's why you live in the country. Yes. <laughs> I was born and raised on a farm, and we had to sell it. The parents had to sell it. And that's been my ultimate growing up. I wanted to get back on a farm. So we were able to buy that farm about six years ago. And so, yes, so that... Now tell me more about your, comp- your competing Yes. What does that involve? Because um, a lot of people, even I don't really know what horse and carriage is. It's, well, our setup, I have one horse and one pony. They are they're driven singly. It's referred to as. They just drive alone. Yeah. They're not driven together as a pair. Um, and you may go to a show and be judged on how you look. Another class may be how you perform, how quiet the horse is, how your pony is. Um, you do another obstacle class, which is going quickly. You're being timed against a clock. And there's always a carriage in the back? Yes. You do. And one person? Yes, one or oh. two people. Mm-hmm. One or two people. Yes. Mm-hmm. In my situation, the pony is just one person because he's small. And the horse is just myself usually, too, unless we do another higher-end competition. Then there'll be two of us in the carriage. And what but. does the race look like? They're, it's like sort of like going to a, a dog show. You're in a ring, and you're just going around. And about how many people compete um, at a time? I've been in shows where I was the only one, and I've been in classes when there's been 12 or 13. So you 15. won when it was the only one, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I bragged to the fact that the horse won every class he was in, and he was champion. But and you we don't have the, to tell anyone. But he was the only one in the division, right, so I that. did have to. Add and that. where does this take you? Like to compete? Uh, we go the furthest away. We go is up near um, south of Rochester, New York. We've been down to Virginia. It's mostly in the Mid Atlantic states that we travel to. We keep it rather lower and key. Is was this originally in English? Competition? Or any, um, it was it was done in England. Yes, mm-hmm. it is done in England. It's based. It was based in England. It's based very much on tradition and um, tradition and safety. It's, it's because it sounds very old fashioned. So I wasn't is, sure yes. if it came originally. Yes, from, from England, England yes. here. Mm-hmm. Do they still do it in England? Oh yes, uh huh. They do. It's very prominent. Mm-hmm. I, know, I should know that. In fact, I think. Um, one of the princes. Yes, Prince Phillips does. Prince Philip, right. does. He does combined driving events. He did combined driving events. Mm-hmm. I believe he's retired. You know? mm-hmm. so. Did he ever come over to... Um, does he ever? To, I don't know. Because do I know the Queen used to come and yes. do a Radnor hunt or yes. a hunt uh-huh. around here. Yes, but I don't know whether Prince Philip is up. He may have been over here in the days of a long time ago when there was big events over in Gladstone, New Jersey and stuff. So, And you found someone to do it with. 
I guess your um, your husband. My husband does a little bit of it. Yes, uh-huh. he's very much involved with it. He does a lot of the cleaning of the carriage. Um, he drove a little bit. Uh, he wants to get back into it. He's just very busy with work that he doesn't. Have, he can't put the time in. And is there a season? Our season up here runs from about April to November, end of October. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people will go down to Florida or North and South Carolina for the winters. But we just stay up here. So. And how do you train the horses? Do you, I mean, do you train them? We tra- I, I train them. I do the training. I, do, mm-hmm. I try to get a couple of, of coaching from other people because you always need someone on the ground telling you you're doing this or doing that. And, yeah, I try to get them out three times a week, so I alternate pony one day, horse the next. And they go out for half hour, 45 minutes, and just, just do some schooling or just going down the road just for a break for all of us. And, and, so. and I guess bartending is kind of the complete opposite of that. It's You know, I, I, I'm thinking of you sitting alone, you know, in the carriage yes. and competing. Yes. And then you're thrown at night into a world where yes. it's all about the chat, I guess. The chat yes. and the drink. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm very, when I'm home, um, there's no one usually else around and I can be quiet. I can have my quiet time. And then I come here and I get ready for the noise and stuff like that. The noise and the... And since you've been here for 25 years, I assume that you enjoy Yes. Doing the bartending. I do. You haven't wanted to go back to being the waitress. And not really, no. <laughs> I, I do on occasion still have to pull, pull my shift back here and, and be a waitress. But I do enjoy bartending. Um, that We have a lot of wonderful people that come in all the time, constant, constant, con- constant customers. And it's a good group. It's a nice place to work. It's, it is still very nice. But it's low key. It's still fine dining, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's very nice. I enjoy it a lot. Because I interview people who see a, a, a lot of volume and their career bartenders, and this is what they've wanted to do for so long. And it's not just something that they do on the side. And but it's more about the volume that they do. And here, I would assume, and please tell me if, if it's more like a family. Is, because yes. you're constantly seeing the same people over yes. and over again. Yes, which has its good and its bad qualities, but yes. <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, we don't do a large volume here. You're not here, it's, yeah, you don't do a large volume here. Do the regulars have their set drinks that they always have? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so and you see them walking through the door. And I try to get it, I'll ask them, because they don't want to be offended by presuming that they will have the same drink all the time. But yes, I do try to. But you have it on the rocks, I guess, as they say. I bat. Yes. You know, uh-huh. Yes, I try to say, oh, would you care? Are you? Would you like your gray goose up? And so they, yeah, they appreciate. Some of the people that do, I don't see all that often do appreciate the fact that I can usually remember their drinks. Mm-hmm. Well, I know for my so. dad, it's an Arnold Palmer, and my mom yes. is the wine. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> or your father will sometimes have the Campari and grapefruit. Right. See. And he likes the whole can of grapefruit juice with him. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yes. You know, coming from a big city, you know, I find it really special to see the same person over and over again. It makes it a treat to come and see you. And that's why I wanted you to interview you, because I feel that you're so a part of this community. Well, thank you. 
<laughs> no, it, it's true. And I hope that you get that back from um, from your the the other customers who yes. come. Yeah, I, I yeah they do say, oh, good, you're here. And I, I hear stories of when I'm not here, and the they'll say, oh, so and so is asking for you, and this person was asking for you. So yes, I do feel that appreciated. And here. do you get pleasure from the making of the drinks? Um, I get you can be pleasure from making the customer what they want, making the customer happy. The drinks, because they're not, it, it, that gets to be rote. Mm-hmm. Um, but just making the customer happy and making sure everything goes smoothly and is done right and well is what I try to take pride in. And how often do the customers surprise you with wanting to try something new or asking for an alcohol that you might not have? It doesn't. It happens once in a while, not too often. Uh, if they do ask for a drink that I don't know, I may ask some of the other staff, or we have a book in the back, or you can go on your phone. And, have, <laughs> and quickly under the yes, table. Yes, go, we have races yes. sometimes to see. I go to the book because I'm old school, and people go to their phones, and we'll see who can find the drink faster. <laughs> and which book do you go to? One of my customers gave me this wonderful book, bar book, and it has everything in it. And that book is? The Ultimate Bar Book, Comprehensive Guide to Over 1,000 Cocktails by Mitty Helmick. Yes. I love this. So how often do you think you have to dip into this book? Oh, maybe once every few months. Every once in a while I'll look to see if I can find a new drink to to try and offer and stuff. Do you remember the last one that you looked for? No. Uh, I see that Sangria is listed here, but I know you already know how to make that. So um, I love it. Chocolate Mandarin Martini. You have a little flyer there. I have a feeling that no one's asked for that. No, no one's asked for that one. Uh-huh. So, do you see that you're staying here for a w- yes. longer? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I enjoy the camaraderie of the customers. Um, I enjoy it's. I know it. I know the place, obviously. Um, so I don't do well change, as the owner will tell you. And it's. I do. I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Lydianne suggested we stick to one of the classics for our cocktail of the week, the Cosmopolitan. We looked to Mitty Helmick for the recipe. Author of Lydianne's go-to book, The Ultimate Bar Book, The Comprehensive Guide to Over 1,000 Cocktails. Put all these ingredients into a shaker. One and a half ounces of citron vodka, one and a half ounces of Cointreau, one ounce cranberry juice, and one ounce fresh lime juice. Add ice and shake, shake, shake. Strain into a chilled cocktail glass and garnish with a lemon twist. We might equate that drink more with New York City, but I now hope you will all think of the Carversville Inn. And if you're in the neighborhood, tell her I sent you. This and all the recipes you hear on the podcast can be found at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. Thanks so much to Lydianne for taking the time from the punters at the Carversville Inn and also for introducing us to competitive pleasure driving. Next week, it's back to London we go for a masterclass in cocktails taught by the Director of Education and Training Manager of the Dead Rabbit in New York City, 
considered one of the best bars in the world. Our guest, Gregory Buda, has collaborated with famed chef Richard Corrigan to fulfill the chef's vision for the perfect cocktail bar to go with his acclaimed restaurant Corrigan's. We made one of my favorite drinks I've tasted in a while, and it's really simple to make, as long as you have the right ingredients. You'll see what I mean when you listen in next week. Until next time, bottoms up. Thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast, the sister of A Lush Life Manual. For more information and links to everything you heard, plus a bit more, please visit alushlifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra. And I'm your hostess, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar.